Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and two films up for review this week. The theme of this week is, who is this movie for? The first film is 80 for Brady, and the second film is Knock at the Cabin. First up is 80 for Brady, and the top question I had going into this movie is, who is this supposed to be for? A real head-scratcher for me, because you have these four legendary actresses, and then you've got Tom Brady. And, you know, that's not to say that you cannot be a fan of these very talented women and also a football fan, but it was, it's a confusing bit of marketing to say the least. I actually had a much better time than I was expecting. Not that I was expecting to have a bad time because I do love all these ladies so much, but by the same token, I really hate Tom Brady. So, you know, and, and I say this as someone who both enjoys football and these actresses. So yes, I fall into that group, but as a football fan and not a Patriots or a Bucks fan, I, I just I can't stand Tom Brady as a person and as a player. So it's very confusing to center it around him. But I was trying to think. And I was like, uh, I guess, is there another figure who would be recognizable to the people who are not as ingrained in football culture? And unfortunately, for modern era, I do think there are less folks with name recognition. I mean, I would have liked to see like a Manning version of this or someday. This is for my friends who watch it, a Joe Burrow version. But either way. Tom Brady also serves as a producer in this, which you can tell that the NFL has agreed to be a part of this because of how cleanly they are portrayed in it, which uh, anyway, but the the true joy of this movie lies with the ladies and the ladies are Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno and Sally Field. And may we all be as active and vibrant and hilarious as they are in their various age ranges, you know, which is a running joke in the film. But, I, you know, it, it's really nice to see a film centering around these characters and them having fulfilling, for the most part, lives and being fully formed-ish characters. I'm putting all these caveats because it, at the end of the day, this is a, a pretty surface-level film, which is not a bad thing. In, in that sense, it was actually pretty entertaining. But getting to see women of their respective ages, you know, uh, getting involved in hijinks was a very fun break. And they do acknowledge their ages in it, and there's a lot of humor that revolves around it. And I did think it actually balanced doing a good job of you know, addressing some of the the issues and challenges that come with getting older, but also allowing these characters to have fun and <laughs> quite frankly, be sexualized. Jane Fonda working it at her age, you know, looking good. All of them looking great. But yeah, I really had wished that this was about anything but Tom Brady watching it. <laughs> that was my biggest thing because every time he came on screen, that man is not an actor. That I don't think he would even think he's an actor, but every time he came on screen, it just it brought it down so much. And the absurdity of it was laughable, literally, and not in an intentional way. So going back to my point of who is this for, I think the answer might actually be something like my parents as a couple, because not that my dad isn't fans of these women, but, you know, I, I think the football part of it, although he also does not like Tom Brady, the football part of it would be fine for him. And then my mom would enjoy the, the, the humor of these ladies. So that might be the target audience, which is to say almost retirees or retirees. But as a younger person, I still had a good time. You know, I went to a daytime screening. Uh, there was there were mimosas and that helped certainly, but truly was better than I was expecting. I, you know, it's not I think going to go down in the history books, but I do like that these opportunities exist for these actresses. I would have loved 
a heist movie with all of them. I thought that would have been much more fun. But hey, uh, you know, if somebody else wants to take that idea and run with it, by all means. I think the only other thing worth noting in this film is that the cameos were very unexpected. And again, it made me wonder, like, what frame of reference, cultural bracket, is this supposed to be for? And I'm not going to spoil them, but... It was, you know, it's it just, it's all over the place. And maybe that was intentional in that they were trying to like, just be like, ah, throw everything at the wall and somebody will enjoy it, which, you know, again, more power to them. But overall, I'm actually going to give 80 for Brady a 3.4 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. And then the other film I had this week is called Knock at the Cabin. And I will fully admit, speaking of target audiences, I am not in the target audience for this. I don't like, I don't even know how to describe this. I don't like horror movies for sure. And that is typically what M. Night Shyamalan is known for. I think the last film of his I saw, I will admit, I've never seen The Sixth Sense because it's too scary for me. But I think I saw signs in theaters and that still sort of haunts me. And that's not to say that, the films themselves are good enough to be scary. It's just the general concept of scary things is what gets me. And so even if you were not a great, and I'm not saying he's not necessarily a great film, but you know, even if you were not a great film, filmmaker of horror, or mystery and genre, of horror and mystery and stuff like that, I still get scared. So I don't like this genre. This movie, Knock at the Cabin, is not as bad. So I found it palatable from that perspective but my question was who enjoys this type of movie like what is who is this for is again the question that's the theme of the week who is this for because by that token it is not I suppose scary enough for the harder core horror fans but then the mystery behind it is not that compelling or or that suspenseful or I, I, I like I don't know I don't know what's happening here my understanding is it's an adaptation I don't I'm not familiar with the original source material but you know uh, the the general premise is that a couple are at a cabin and then they're taken hostage by these total strangers who are like you you have to this is all in the trailers you know you have to sacrifice one of yourselves in order to avoid the apocalypse and okay Sure, sure. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I will give a couple compliments. I really enjoyed Dave Batista in this. I'm just a big Dave Batista fan, and I want good things for him. And I thought this was a nice uh, role for him to get to be quieter and a little more emotional. And not that he doesn't get to that all the time, but it is a funny juxtaposition given his physical appearance. You know, the character he plays in this, I thought was a nice role for him I also enjoyed Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge in it they play the couple who are uh you know taken hostage at this cabin it's I guess yay that we got to see queer representation although the fact is two white guys I guess it's baby steps also more credit where credit is due I found the you know children child actors are a challenging thing to deal with both as an audience member and I'm sure as a filmmaker and when a film hinges on a child actor it can be challenging because Again, you know, they have not developed and, and have the range and, and some child actors are spectacular and go on to be, you know, amazing adult actors, but it's not always the case. I think the little girl in this movie did a really good job. I thought she was the right amount of like terrified, but also earnest and not overacting acting. And so I, I you know, I thought that she was well cast there. Actually, again... <laughs> I thought most of the actors were fine. You know, Nikki Amuka Bird is in it. She's pretty good. Abby Quinn and then Rupert Grint, who I know is working with M. Night Shyamalan on other stuff. But that was a that was an interesting choice. And I don't know if his accent work is as great as it could have been. But 
I, I maybe I'm picking on a lot of things. At the end of the day, I thought this was kind of dumb. I'm sorry to say, like the premise was dumb, and I think M Knight's name being slapped on it in the way that it is. I mean, obviously he directed it, but I think it might be slightly misleading to people because I think they will go into it expecting, you know, a, an original of his, and it's not that. And that's all I will say on that because I don't want to ruin everything. But ultimately, you know, I, again, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of these films. Uh, I went with a friend who has seen more of the ones in in this type of genre or genre adjacent, and she also thought it was not particularly compelling. I thought it was decently made, but again, it's just like the story itself. There wasn't a way around the things if this is what they wanted to accomplish with it that did not keep it from being kind of ridiculous and not in a believable way to me. So I'm only going to give it a 2.4 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.